we're going to continue our journey through our practical commitments. And we're switching things up a little bit. We were actually supposed to study this one before, the one we went over last week. But we, God's got it. His timing is perfect. We dealt with confession last week. But this week we're looking at the subject of fasting. Our practical commitment says, Through periods of fasting we draw close to God, meditate on the passion of Christ, and discipline ourselves to submit to the control of the Holy Spirit in all areas of our life. Listen to that again. Through periods of fasting we draw close to God, meditate on the passion of Christ, and discipline ourselves to submit to the control of the Holy Spirit in all areas of our life. And if you will, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou... When thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And again, I want to preach to you on the practical commitment that we have in the church of God called fasting. Shake three hands before you're seated and tell your neighbor you're glad to see him in God's house tonight. Hallelujah. You are a good-looking congregation on a Wednesday night. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Heard the story told of two young men that were in Bible college, and they read about fasting and wanted to try it out. So without hesitation, they went a week without eating or drinking. And when the seventh day finally rolled around and they reached the end of their fast, one of them looked to the other one and they said, you know what, I think it's time for us to go to Shoney's. And they jumped in the car and rode the car and they were eating and all. And one said to the other, well, what did you get out of this thing? He said, well, I lost about seven pounds. What did you get out of this thing? It's like, well, I, I don't really know. I don't understand it. And that's how many people are when it comes to the subject of fasting. A lot of times, I know when I started here, we called a Daniel's fast. And we went on a Daniel's fast for quite a few weeks. And we were supposed to go without eating certain things that we enjoyed doing so that we could draw closer to God. In the Old Testament, it was quite the ordeal because when you fasted a fast of repentance, what you did is you took off your everyday clothes and you put on sackcloth and you uh, put ash on your head and you would wail and moan and groan for your sins and be penitent uh, over your sins and it was an act of contrition. I often think uh, of the story of Jonah when he went and he preached in the city of Nineveh and the king there called a fast at the preaching of Jonah. He was so powerful that they didn't even let the animals drink water. All right, now that's a fast. They went down and they got before God and God spared the city. But look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor tonight, when was the last time you fasted? Don't wait for an answer. 
Fasting is a spiritual discipline. Sometimes we might go a meal. Sometimes we might go a day. Sometimes we might go three days. Sometimes uh, the pastor will call for a fast. But fasting is a time when we, as our practical commitment says, uh, are supposed to go without food or go without sleep or other things that I could mention. Uh, but we are to go to go without in order to draw close to God. If you're not praying, if you're not reading your Bible, all you're doing is like those two boys, you're dieting. So our fast should be a time where we draw close to God. Now, our commitment says three things happen. Number one, we draw close to God. We meditate on the passion of Christ and we discipline ourselves to submit to the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, the first thing we see in our scripture tonight is found in Matthew 6, verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, I want you to realize God expects us to humble ourselves. Amen. Fasting is a type of humbling ourselves. The Bible says, humble yourself under the hand of God and he will lift you up. One of the ways we do that is with fasting. Notice what Jesus said. Be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Glory to God. How many people make it seem like it's a burden whenever they do anything for the Lord? You know anybody like that? We ought to live our lives in such a way where it's a joy. Glory to God. When we fasting, when we worshiping, when we giving, the way when we go without. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Whenever we pick up something, when we do something, it should be a joy to serve the Lord simply because of the fact when we give up something for Jesus Christ, it should remind us He gave His all for us. I want you to realize he hung on that cross naked. He was beaten with a cat of nine tails to where his flesh hung like ribbons. He had been beat by the Roman soldiers. His beard was plucked out. Hallelujah. He had a crown of thorns placed in his head. And he gave everything for you and me. He left the worship of the angels and the adoration of the heavenly host uh, to come down and die on the old rugged cross. So fasting reminds us uh, that we owe a great debt to a Savior who gave us all for us. Jesus said, but don't do it so everybody knows what you're doing. Hallelujah. Heard the story told one time of a multimillionaire who was flying and there was a man beside him who was terrified of flying and he said, the man terrified said, why is it that you're not worried about flying? He said, well, I'm a Christian. I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and I'm not worried about it. If I go home, I'm ready to go. The man said, well, that's wonderful, but what if you don't die? What if we crash and we, we land on a desert island somewhere? And the man looked at him with a grin on his face. He said, well, you know, I'm a, multi, I'm a multi-millionaire and I tithe. So if we crash, my pastor's going to come looking for me. <laughs> but even whenever it comes to tithing and spiritual duties, we need to realize and understand something tonight. It's to be between us and God. And we shouldn't know what everybody's doing. We shouldn't do it for people to pat us on the back. Because when we do it for pat people to pat us on the back, that's all we got. But when God pats us on the back, beloved, that makes a difference. Hallelujah. When was the last time God Almighty patted you on the back and said, That a boy, keep at it. That a girl, you're doing good. Hallelujah. That's what I want. I want to hear my Lord reward me. Not worry about what men do. Notice what it says here. Verse 17. But thou, here it is again, when thou fastest, 
anoint thine head and wash thy face. So you see, we don't even have to worry about observing like a lot of people do, ash or lint or these other religious holidays. It's to be between us and God. And what we fast is to be between us and God unless the Lord lays it on the pastor's heart to call a fast. Notice what it says here. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So, mm-hmm, okay, God. The question you need to ask yourself tonight is this. What am I doing in the secret place that's going to be revealed in the open? You remember Jesus said, whatsoever you do in the inner, inner room, that's what Jesus is going to, it's going to be shouted from the housetops. From the mountaintops, men's going to know what we're doing. And one thing we've got to understand is in the secret place of our hearts and our minds. You know, people will tell whether you've been praying or not. You ain't got to say a word. People will know whether you've been worshiping or not without the way, without you saying a thing. They can feel the anointing. Or they can feel the lack of it. I want to be so anointed. I heard a preacher say this one time. He wanted to be so anointed that whenever he, if a mosquito bit him, when it left, it was shouting, there is power in the blood. <laughs> we need to understand that what we do in the secret place is going to be revealed in the open. The world can either see what we do or what we don't do. So fasting, number one, hallelujah, is to be between us and God. Fasting is to be secret. Fasting is to, is to be done in such a way that it gets God's attention. And we will reap when we fast. Jesus said there are devils that can only be gotten victory over by fasting. That means there's some things that's going to come into your life. You can say all day long, in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. All day long, in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. You can have everything else lined up right. But if you're not praying and fasting, you're not going to get the victory over it. And I want you to realize that when these times come into our lives, we need to be alert and visual and be obedient to the Holy Spirit so we can have an open reward of what we've been doing in the secret place. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. Hallelujah. We fast not only to get rewarded from God, not only to draw closer to God, but we fast because how many of you know we don't have all we need right now? You realize that? Can you have more of Jesus in your life? Sure you can. Can you have more of the anointing in your life? Sure you can. Well, you've got to make room for it. Hallelujah. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 9 verse 14. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast off, but thy disciples fast not? Hallelujah. Notice what Jesus said. And Jesus answered unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Hallelujah. So we fast because we need more of Jesus in our life. We fast so that we can get closer to God by reading the word, listening to the word of God. Hallelujah. By praying and grabbing close to the Lord and letting God take the world out and and put the spirit of God in. Glory to God. Now notice what he says here. As long as the bridegroom is with them, but the days will come. Everybody say the days will come. When the bridegroom shall be taken from them and they shall fast. Hallelujah. We've been having some really good services that early. Amen. God's really been showing up and blessing and moving. But there's going to come times 
where the spirit's not as strong as it used to be. In those times, we're not supposed to be casting a judgmental eye at one another say, well, I wonder what happened to the anointing. What's going on with the preacher? What's happening in the Sunday school? What's happening with the praise team or whatever? No, those are the times we need to say, man, we need to fast and get a hold of Jesus and fill ourselves up, glory to God, so that when we go to church, God is there and we can celebrate the presence of the Lord together. Amen? Oh, yes, God, I'll go there. Ooh, can I preach just a little bit? Hallelujah. A lot of people come to church to be refilled and to be renewed, and that's all well and good. But, beloved, if you're praying and fasting at home like you should, you could come to church shouting the victory. Can I just throw that out there for you to think about it for a little while and meditate on it? Many times uh, we're looking for the preacher to uh, rev us up and for the praise team to help us pray through when if we would spend time alone with God at the house uh, during the week, we'd get the victory that we're looking for. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good preaching. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice what he goes on and says here. He says something interesting. Look at verse 16. No man, everybody say no man, putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh away from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Now, I've meditated on this for a long time, and I've studied this, trying to figure this out. What in the world is Jesus saying here? And this is what, I'm, what I understand he's saying, because if you look at it in the context... He's talking about a brand new way of doing things. He's saying, you know what? He's come to fulfill the law. So we don't have to keep the law the way the Jews had to keep the law in order to be saved. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our peace. We live to please God because we are saved, not in order to be saved. And so we need to understand something here. You have got to be new in your life. You have got to be wanting to walk with God. There's a lot of people who are trying to fast and they're going through religious duties and they're not getting anything out of it because they're doing it under the letter of the law, not being led by the Holy Spirit, and it's not helping them a bit. Oh, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God in everything you do. Ask your neighbor, are you being led by the Spirit? Are you being directed by the Holy Spirit? Why? Because when you are being directed by the Holy Spirit, your fasting will be productive. Uh, your worship will be productive. Uh, your speech will be right. Your attitude will be right. And anytime you get out of line, the Holy Spirit will be there to direct you right back into where you're supposed to be. Now, Look at verse 17 with me. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Now, in the context of the passage, remember Jesus is talking about fasting here. What he's telling us is we've got to be new. We are seeking to be made new when we fast. We are seeking for God to deal with a situation in our life. When we come to church, we are seeking to be renewed and built up and encouraged and strengthened. But we need to be doing that in our daily lives. Hallelujah. In our personal lives. Hallelujah. Letting the Spirit of God strengthen us and work in us. Understanding that we do not arrive until we get the glory. Hallelujah. I don't ever want us to be a church that's judgmental 
And that looks at people like, well, you ought to know better than that. And uh, cast them out of fellowship and be mean-hearted to them or mean-spirited because none of us have arrived and we won't arrive until we get to glory. And the Lord says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom that was prepared for thee from the foundation of the world. Until that day comes, uh, we need to be helping one another and we need to be searching to build one another up. And one of the reasons why we fast is to keep ourselves humble. It serves to remind us, the Bible says that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word, everybody say every word, that proceedeth from the mouth of God. You should not despise holiness. You should not despise uh, the word of God. You ought to love it. Why? Because that's what gives you life. That's what gives you direction. That's what gives you hope. And fasting serves to remind us that we are to be humble. Now look with me at Acts chapter 14 verse 23. Acts 14 verse 23. The third thing we see about fasting. Is that we need to submit to the Holy Ghost. Again let me reiterate it. We need to submit to the Holy Ghost. We fast because God expects us to fast. We fast so that that it's between us and God and we can be rewarded openly. We fast to have victory over the devil. We fast, hallelujah, because we need more of Jesus in our lives. And notice what it says here in Acts chapter 14 verse 23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they Believe. Listen to that again. And when they ordained them elders, that word ordained just means they chose them out, godly men, laid their hands on them, prayed for them, and said these are the ones that we feel like God has chosen up, chose to lead this church. Thank God for godly men and women to lead this church. Amen. That's what we need in the body of Christ. Notice what it says here. When they had ordained them elders in every church, and notice what it says here. They prayed. But also with the praying, they fasted. Could it be that the thing, the reason why you're not getting the victory that you need in your life tonight is because you might be praying, but you're not fasting. You might be worshiping, but you're not praying. You might be coming to church, but you're not living holy. How many of you noticed that if you ever got one spark plug misfiring on your car, the whole engine's out of whack? Am I right? If you have one thing wrong in your radio, the radio don't work. And a lot of times that's how it is with the Christian life. A lot of times it's not that we're not saved. It's not that we're bachelor. It's just that we got that one thing out of whack. And God is waiting on us to get that one thing right. Solomon put it this way. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. I'm going to ask the praise team to come back and get ready to lead us to the throne. And... Praise and worship. While they're coming, look at what it says here. They, they ordained them elders in every church and have prayed with fasting. So you don't just go without eating. You gotta pray when you're not eating. You gotta seek the Lord. 
You got to say, God, anoint these men that's leading the church. Lord, anoint these women that are working. Anoint the prayer team. Anoint the pastor. Look, if you don't have nothing else to fast over, it would be a great blessing to me if you take about a week or two and fast for Pastor Ron. Because I fast and I pray, I believe God for you. I'm trusting God for you. But we got to do this for one another. Hallelujah. Notice what it says here. They have prayed with fasting. Then they commended them to the Lord. Sometimes, can I tell you what the word commended there means? It just simply means I'm putting you into the hands of the Lord. The apostles knew they couldn't be there every day to give them guidance and direction. Even if they had letters, they'd have to take several days for the letters to get there. So they put them in the hands of the Lord. Sometimes, beloved, we're trying to do things that we just need to put in God's hands. There are things that God has showed me that he wants to bring into Earl and that he's going to do in this church, but it's got to be in his time and not mine. And I can try to work it and work it and work it, and there are people that they're not, they might not be where I want them to be with the Lord, but my job is to put them into the hands of the Lord and pray for them and believe God to minister to them and draw them in because if we're not careful, we can do more damage than good. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways we get sensitive is by praying and fasting. Look at what it says here. They commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. Hallelujah. So I want you to realize as we get ready to come to the Lord in prayer tonight, this is going to be a different type of prayer service. I'm not going to ask you to come down here and commit to say, oh, okay, I'm going to go on a four-week fast today after the service tonight. I'm going to go on a ten-week fast or whatever. I want you to do one thing tonight. I want you to search your heart and ask yourself this question. Ask God to show you. Are you submitted to the Holy Ghost in every area of your life? Are you submitted to the Holy Ghost enough where, you know, you're either going to serve God or you're going to serve this world. You can't serve both. Ask yourself that question. Lord, am I serving you in every area? And if the answer is no, then you might need to go on a fast. Maybe you need God to do something for you and you pray to pray to pray. Maybe you need to come and set some meals aside. And spend time in prayer where you're submitting that thing to Jesus. Can I tell you, I've found more and more. When I really submit things to Jesus. And I really pray and I cry out. It's when he really moves. I can worry about it. And I can talk to people about it. And I can beat my head against the wall about it. But when I submit to fasting and praying and calling on God. That's when God really moves. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Praise him. Take us to the throne room.